Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I made it, everybody. I know you were all very concerned that uh, Dano would not make it through yesterday's medical procedure, but I made it. I'm okay. And now we can get back to our regularly scheduled programming because my regularly scheduled programming for the last couple of days was uh, regularly scheduled, if you know what I mean. Gross. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Vespers. Back from the beyond. Knocked out for a cool 45 minutes. I'm fine. Really, it's fun to make jokes at my expense. I give you all full permission to mock me on Twitter or wherever you feel like mocking me. At Dan Bespris, that's the Twitter handle, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This, of course, Fantasy NBA Today, is a sports ethos presentation. Growing like a weed, this website right now. I'm uh, privileged enough to be in all the different Slack channels for uh, for NBA, for MLB, for NFL, as these divisions are growing. And we've seen, well, we've seen a handful of new people added to the baseball division. We've seen like two handfuls of people added to the football division. There's going to be a serious NFL draft guide coming out in the next couple of weeks here, actually, at Sports Ethos. We should probably start promoting that, shouldn't we? Really cool stuff. If you want to be a part of that, hit me up. Let me know. At Dan Bespris on Twitter, you can also now, we do have a website or a link, I guess I should say. We have a URL where you can uh, submit a a sort of an application or like an interest, a note of interest. That's over at sportsethos.com as well. So let's uh, come join the madness. Today, you know, honestly, what I wanted to do was do the next team on the uh, the team recap board, but... I don't know. We'll save that for the weekend. We'll do that one tomorrow uh, over Memorial Day weekend. I haven't decided if we're doing a show on Memorial Day yet. I really, I feel like maybe I should just, I know I did a show yesterday, like the day of a colonoscopy, but the Iron Man streak needs to end. It just needs to end. It's taken on a life of its own. It's actually kind of insane and a little bit stupid that I did a show for yesterday. That could have just as easily skipped one. No one ever would have really noticed or cared. (laughs) <laughs> it's the off season. So Memorial Day is uh up in the air as of right now. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but that said, uh I want to do the Thunder over the weekend. So that'll be tomorrow's show. We'll talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Today, I am uh privileged to bring you the information that the Eastern Conference Finals did not end yesterday. I hadn't recorded that or uh I hadn't done I hadn't recorded Wednesday's podcast yet when that ball game was uh, was still in action. So I didn't know how it was going to end up, and now it's 3-1 to Miami, so we do have a playoff game tonight. Let's just dive into that one quickly here, and then I want to get into the, um, the actual topic of the day, which is going to be veering back a bit into the, into the fantasy realm, and a question that came up from that was I think derived from our Yahoo pre-rank discussion and just the sort of old man area of it so we'll get into that in a little bit but first Celtics Heat 
Miami up three games to one. Boston, eight and a half point favorites back on their home court. Vegas has said, you know what? This is the line. This is the one that's going to get the money the way we want it to be. And we're going to leave it that way, even though Miami has, by and large, been the better team. Boston finally had some shots go down in that last one. They shot 51%. Miami just 44%. Gabe Vincent hurt now. Left ankle sprain. He's out for this game in Boston, which, you know, that does leave Miami a little bit hamstrung here. He was a guy that was playing extraordinarily well in these playoffs. They're going to have to get something out of somebody. And, uh, I mean, really that game at home was a little dose of Caleb Martin, mostly in the first half, and then a whole lot of Jimmy Butler. And when you've got Tatum playing well, you're probably going to need a little bit more. Now, of course, you could also just point at the three-pointers. Boston made 18 of them. Miami made only eight. That's pretty much been the way this series has been decided. Uh, I said I had a very slight lean to the under. That game's total was 217. It finished at 215, so I guess technically it went that way. I thought the Heat were going to wrap it up. They didn't. Again, I've said it before. I don't have that great of a feel for uh, this Eastern Conference stuff. I've just mostly been riding Miami wherever I could. Just, like, go Miami until they give you a reason not to. Total of this ballgame is a 215, which is exactly what the last game ended at. And, you know, you could point and say, look, I mean, Miami will probably do a little bit better. Boston will probably do a little bit worse. You'll have a slightly tighter ballgame. You know, 108, 107 range for one of those two teams, perhaps. I guess it depends if you think Boston's actually going to win by eight or nine points, which I don't think I do. Uh, ever so slightly to the under again. I just, I don't see Boston in an 18-3-pointer. I mean, maybe they got warm, but Miami is now very short on offense. They're going to have to figure out, their their other guys are going to have to get hot, or it's going to have to be a ton of Jimmy Butler. He's basically going to have to play all 48 minutes. Over on the Boston side, I don't know. I mean, does Al Horford have another good shooting ball game? Does Grant Williams hit four more threes? Marcus Smart hit three? A lot of guys hit three-pointers in that last one. Hard to say that that's necessarily going to happen again. So ever so slightly to the under, slightly to the heat, because it just, I mean, it doesn't feel like they're going to get run two games in a row. Maybe. Just doesn't really feel that way. So that's the ball game tonight. And then at some point, this is going to wrap up. The uh, finals don't start until next week at some point. Game six... Uh, if there is one, would, I believe, be Saturday. And uh, and Game 7 would be Monday. So I think the finals are slated to start, like, the middle of next week. Am I getting that right? This is what happens sometimes. If this series wraps up now, you won't have a finals game for almost a week. That's a little bit... That's a little bit dumb. I know that they want to, like, set that timeline at the beginning, but... Eh. I mean, this is the problem with having these long series or you have to budget for a very long series. Even when it's every other day, I get it. You can't, you're not going to have these teams play it back-to-back in the, in the playoffs. But you have a week without a game, people are going to stop paying attention, especially if the finals ends up as Heat Nuggets. Sorry, guys. I, I mean, it'd be a fun series, but that is not a national appeal matchup. So you're going to see interest wane. From the degenerates like us? No. But from the masses? Yeah. One of the things that always tickles me 
uh, on Twitter is there's this running dialogue between folks who are always talking about the ratings of a series and folks who complain about folks talking about the ratings of series. But, like, I mean, the whole thing is just, it's very obvious, you know? There's, like, there's a lot of complaining about why doesn't ESPN frame things through the eyes of the Denver Nuggets. It's very obvious. The Nuggets, nationally, globally, don't have as many fans as the high-profile teams. So these websites, they have to frame things through the lens of the high-profile team because that's how they get viewers and clicks. That's it. That's how they're going to cater. When it's a national media, they're going to cater to the national audience. We can sit back and complain about it all we want. It's not going to change until there are more Nuggets fans out there than, say, Lakers fans. And like Michael Malone spent the entire series complaining about how ESPN framed everything through the eyes of the Lakers. That's how they get people to click on their stuff. There are just more Lakers and Celtics fans out there than there are Nuggets and Heat fans. That's, a, that's just a fact. It's, just, it's a demonstrable fact. So we can whine about it, but these companies have a, an obligation to a bottom line. If you want coverage of the Nuggets and the Heat, go follow the amazing beat writers that cover the Nuggets and the Heat. They're doing a hell of a job. You don't need Stephen A. Smith to talk about the Nuggets and the Heat. He's not going to say anything sharp anyway. So stop worrying about it. Also, can we talk about the conspiracy theorists? Oh, the NBA, they want to make sure the Lakers and the Celtics are in the finals. Lakers are done, man. Lakers out in four. Celtics hanging on by a thread. It's not rigged. Get over it. Friends, I am very excited to announce that we have a rekindling of an old affair with our buddies over at Manscaped.com. They're back through the end of the playoffs with us here on Fantasy NBA Today. And this is an opportunity to try to lock in a partnership for next year. So I need your help by going and checking things out at Manscaped.com. Friends, family, loved ones. You probably haven't gotten your Father's Day gift yet. Am I right? I'm right. I know I'm right. It's like two weeks away and you haven't done anything about it yet. Never fear. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming are here. That's our pals over at Manscaped. They're saving the day yet again with the total package for the father figure in your life. Again, doesn't have to be dad. Whoever's a father figure. It's time to upgrade that dude's game, whoever it may be, from waist to face with an exclusive offer. Join the 8 million worldwide who trust Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with the coupon code ETHOS20. ETHOS20 at manscaped.com. Maybe your father figure is an extraordinarily hairy human being. I know personally, every year, more of my hair leaves my head and goes to other parts of me. Stupid back. Stinking hairy back. 
Get the Performance Package 4.0. In, inside, you'll find the Lawn Mower, the 4.0. That's the signature trimmer. The brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. That's an ear and nose hair trimmer. Deodorant, toner, performance boxer briefs. Make them look sweet. They got gold in those bad boys and a travel bag to hold all them goodies. There's also a beard hedger. That's pretty new, actually. I don't think they had that a few months ago when we were working with these guys. Inside the beard hedger trimmer, you've got shampoo and conditioner for beard, beard oil, beard balm. Two free gifts with a signature beard comb and scissors. Check all that stuff out. Yeah, they got beard care now at manscaped.com. Coupon code, promo code, I guess is not a coupon code. Promo code, 20% off and free shipping with promo code ethos20. That's our pals over at manscaped.com. Very excited that they're back with us for the NBA playoffs. Make sure to go check them out. Get a, get a damn Father's Day gift over there. Make your life easy. Don't think about it. Just go do it. And uh, then we'll have more coupons with Manscaped for next basketball season as well. Thank you. Really, uh, a lot of fun to have those. those uh, it's a great company to have them back around with us here. All right, so the question that came up, to, uh, pivoting here, a sharp left turn from uh, personal hair hygiene to back to fantasy basketball. The question that came up is while I was talking about Yahoo's pre-rank, and this is really a, a math question more than anything else, it was, okay, Dan, you talk so much, and uh, admittedly, I... Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. I do. I'll 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 wear that. I, I you talk so much. They said, Dan, you talk so much about the twenty-five to fifty range, or the thirty to fifty range, or whatever it turns out to be on a year-to-year basis, as like the meaty. That's the like the general old man squad section of somewhat boring players who fall in drafts. but have a uh, easy-to-elucidate fantasy game that you can just sort of pencil in, almost pen in, for the coming year. And usually there's a little bit of built-in upside because typically there are guys in that range that should probably be going 5, 10, 15 slots higher, but aren't because players that, that people are 
super excited about that they hope take the leap leap forward, get drafted ahead of them. I'm trying to remember uh, where the old where I saved the the word document that had the old man squad that we talked about last month here on the podcast. And yes, I do talk about that that chunk of players a lot. Probably to an annoying degree. Like this year, the guys that went in that range uh, that made the old man squad, it was probably the largest like player per ADP range. So between 25 and 50 this year, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, basically. 10 of those 25 players in there made the Dan Bespris old man squad. Point of reference between 1 and 25. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. That's it. Or you want to go to the next chunk, I guess. You could go the 50 through 75. Uh, 3. 75 through 100. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 again. Anyway, it goes on like this. So most of the chunks of 25, there are five, six, four, things like that, players. Like 20% roughly are, at least this season, were players that we had targeted on the old man squad. But then in that 25 to 50 range, just like clockwork, there were basically 10. Kawhi Leonard, I'm not, look, some of these were not as good as others, but the names in that group that we targeted this year, Kawhi, Freddie Van Vliet, Butler, Vooch, Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, Porzingis, Terry Rozier, oops, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Desmond Bain. Of those 10 names that I just listed off, how many of them beat their ADP on a per-game basis? Kawhi, yes. Freddie, yes. Butler, yes. Vooch, yes. Chris Paul, yes. Drew Holiday, yes. Porzingis, yes. Rozier, no. Shea, yes. Bain, yes. Only one out of those 10 players did not beat their ADP on a per-game basis. Yes, some of them missed it by totals. Kawhi missed it by totals. Chris Paul missed it by totals. Uh, obviously, Rozier also missed it by totals. And Bain. Um, and you could blame it on whatever. Like, Chris Paul, was he too old? Maybe. Kawhi, you, you knew going into it that injury stuff was going to be a, a big factor in that one. So I, I struggle to even rank his totals as part of this because he never should have been a head-to-head league draft. Rozier just wasn't as good. And then Desmond Bain had an injury that you sort of couldn't predict. Um, but overall... Most of these guys, again, if you're going, if you're hunting per game potential in there, nine out of the ten of them got there or above. Either hit it or exceeded it. So then the question is, when all of this data is slugging us in the mouth with a closed fist and saying, we are the value plays, the question I got was, Dan, why don't you just go and get some of those guys sooner if you like them so much? I thought the answer to that question was relatively straightforward, but I can see where now, kind of looking back at it, perhaps it is a little bit more, I don't say nuanced necessarily, but covered, cloaked, 
than I than I originally realized. So the reason is these guys are in that range and many of them have draft day value specifically because they're in that range. Does that make sense? I know it sounds cyclical, but it's actually quite the opposite of that. The reason that the 25 to 50 range ends up being a lot of players that I want to have on my fantasy team is not because I want to target those players in particular. I, You guys know I've had this, this running love affair with Chris and Cliff Paul on the podcast, but it's not because I just want to have Cliff... <laughs> it's not because I just want to have Chris Paul on my fantasy team. It's because I want to draft an ADP, or I want to draft a player with per-game potential of X at ADP Y. I apologize if the following statement comes off as unemotional and a little bit psychotic, but the players on my fantasy team are not players to me. They are values. They are numbers. It's a little bit how uh, it's a little bit kind of like how the scouts were portrayed in Moneyball. I don't know if you guys either read it. Well, forget the book because the book was a little bit uh, more baseball-y or a little bit more numbersy than the movie. Think more about the movie where they've got Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean, arguing with the A's scouting department and a bunch of guys just repeating sort of baseball baseball barf lines over and over again. Oh, he's got a baseball body. He's got a good jaw. He's got a good face. That type of stuff where they're trying to make it, they're really laying it on. It's a little ham-fisted. And then Jonah Hill, who plays uh, Peter Brand in the movie, comes in and says, no, we need to be looking at this from a number standpoint, and then it's the whole like numbers versus player thing, which, thanks, movie. You've just like, I actually really like that movie, but it ingrained in everyone's mind that there was something inherently wrong with looking at a player for the numbers that they put up and also analyzing them as a player. And we have to do that on the, on the fantasy side because there's a storyline that goes with a lot of this stuff. You want to blend those two things together. But for our purposes, the reason that these players end up as the, like a big chunk of the names on the old man squad is not because I am specifically in love with Drew Holiday or something like that or Kristaps Porzingis. It's because when you look at the numbers and then also blend in the sort of the storyline of the player story element of it, that's what makes them an old man squad player. That's what makes the players in that 25 to 40, 50 range such a bunch of easy hits. It's why your third, fourth, and sometimes fifth round picks probably hit at the highest rate. It's because that's where a lot of guys, as we said before, that have per-game potential in the first two, maybe even the third round, if you're talking about guys towards the back end of that 25 to 50 range, are falling when the storyline around them, people are just like they know that Kawhi Leonard 
forget Kawhi. He's a bad example here. Christoph Porzingis is a better example. Everybody knows Porzingis puts up second-round numbers on a per-game basis. But where the handicapping stuff drops in is that he falls off the board because people got tired of him missing a bunch of ball games for them. If you can find the time when Porzingis has an impetus to get in a few extra ball games, great. That's where it all comes together. But if Porzingis had an ADP of 20, he probably wouldn't be on the old man squad board. Okay? We are not drafting the player. We are drafting a combination of a story and a number at all of these spots. And the reason, again, why that third and fourth and early fifth round grouping tends to contain so many old man squad guys, 40% of them this last year, 40% of that 25 to 50 range made the old man squad. That's, a, that's an obscenely high number. That's almost every other player in that group. The reason that they all made the old man squad was because the combination of their number and story made sense. And the reason that this happens in that area seemingly annually is because, and you can go back and look at this, once you get to the early to mid-20s, you start to see players that teams want to take a step forward and people want to be out in front of it. John Morant is a great example of that this year. He was going in the early 20s because people were like, oh yeah, John Morant, he's just going to go from like 50 to 20 because, I don't know, free throws were going to get better? I don't, I don't actually know what the, the exact log logic is of that. Um, Darius Garland, because he had a stretch where he was in the 20s late last year when his whole team was cooked around him and he was the last man standing. So he's going to take that step forward. Cade is the one that I like to use on this. Everybody wanted Cade to jump from 90 to 30. It's an overshoot. And it happens every year with like almost half of the players in that range. They're not all the exact same story. You know, uh, Cade was a, we want him to take the jump forward. Ja, Garland. These are the guys that everybody wanted to take that leap forward. But there's also names in there of guys that maybe are higher because of other formats that push their ADP up, like a De'Aaron Fox, who did end up having a much better year, but he's a guy that consistently went pretty early for a really long time. Uh, DeAndre Ayton keeps going in that range for reasons I don't completely understand. Bradley Beal, after falling off, there was still an expectation that he would come back. Gobert still went relatively early, even though the story with him was not as good. There were other players that actually hit in there, like DeMar was in there. He was not on the old man squad, but he hit. His ADP was what, like late 30s, early 40s? He was another hit. Um, Miles Turner was in there. He didn't make the old man squad because I was worried about a trade, but he didn't get traded, so he hit. The number of players that hit in that range is actually even higher than the 40% that made the old man squad. Like, it was just a range where everything seemed to work out. But again, a lot of that is because of how that number combines with story. 
So then none of what I just said actually really answered the question that was asked of me, which was, Dan, why aren't you taking some of these guys in the second round if you don't have that many guys in the second round that you're targeting? And it's a reasonable question because, you know, the names that I had looked at in the first, second round on the old man squad, uh, they were older. Kyrie was a hit. Um, Dame was a per-game hit. Kevin Durant was a per-game okay, but he got hurt. LeBron, neither. Dame obviously missed a bunch of times, but shut him down and so forth. Why didn't I just take, you know, Freddie Van Vliet at 16 or 17 or whatever? And the reason is because his story didn't suggest that he should be taken there. Okay, just because a second-round player doesn't make the old man squad doesn't mean that I prefer the fourth-round pick over that second-rounder. Like, if you're looking at the board from this year, yeah, second round was a little bit of a mishmash, but, like, Anthony Davis was falling to the middle of the second round. Anthony Davis was not on the old man squad board because, you know, I I can't in good conscience say go take that guy with an early second-round pick when you know he's going to miss 20 ballgames or more. Uh, But at the same time, if I'm choosing between AD at pick 14 and Freddie Van Vliet, I'm taking Anthony Davis. The old man squad is made up of players that I believe are an ADP miss, not of players that I think you should just stack all on your team at the same time. It's a, it, even as I'm saying it now, I realize how it does come off as a bit more convoluted than, than I thought as I, as we were talking about it during the pre-rank discussion, because it does kind of blend math with storyline And it's also really weird to say, oh, here's the players that I'm targeting. But that's not even really what the old man squad is. It's players that were targeting at specific spots. And so the conclusion that I'm drawing from this discussion is that I need to have kind of two lists that we're working off of. Which is, here's the old man squad. Here's the guys I like where they're being drafted. But also, here are the guys that would fall necessarily, I guess, in front of or behind them. That's why I tried to put what I thought the per-game rank would be of the old man squad guys when I was making the list. Like, I was like, okay, Freddie Van Vliet, I had his per-game at 20, which, like, great. I loved him at pick 27 or whatever his ADP was. I thought he was going to be a, a half round or a little more of that in, in value. But the guys going around 20, I actually thought were more interesting. Now, you were able to get Paul George in some spots near there. Kyrie, you were able to get in some spots near there. And now he made the old man squad, so maybe that's not the best example of it. But... That's why there are guys you take in front of these dudes. The old man squad is specifically a list of players that I think are values against their current ADP. It's not a comprehensive list of the players that I want you guys to be targeting necessarily on draft day. I don't want to pick to get to you and, you know, let's say the first five names are off the board here. The sixth name on the old man squad this year was Kawhi Leonard, 
But that doesn't mean that he should be the guy you take if those other five names are missing. Now, if it's getting to you around pick 30 and he's still on the board, sure. But if you're looking at, like, pick 18 and the first five old man squad names are not there, I don't want you taking Kawhi at that spot. Look at the guys that are still on the board that are above him and see if any of them actually make sense as maybe they don't, need even need, they don't even need to be a hit at that spot. They just need to get near their ADP, and they could still win that kind of head-to-head thing going on. All right, we're talking in circles. Let's put a pin in this one. We're going to talk Thunder tomorrow. That'll get us through Memorial Day weekend. Monday remains a maybe. Good to be back. Good to be out of the doctor's office and back in my very uncomfortable tiny corner of the bedroom that I call my uh, sports office. I'm Dan Bespris for Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Have a lovely Thursday, everyone. Enjoy the basketball tonight. Let's hope. I mean, I guess we can hope that Boston wins so we have a game over the weekend. Uh, Because if Miami wins, then we don't have basketball for a week. So fans of seeing games, you've got your situation. Although I think I would still like to see the Heat win this series. As a Laker fan, I feel like you, you know, you get it. Okay, so long for now, everybody. We'll see you guys tomorrow.